the man that says what the people need to hear. Somebody need to hear this. That's right. He's going to be bringing you the word each and every week. You better not only be ready, but stay ready. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. The time is up. It's the moment you've been waiting for. He's here. It's the Raw and Uncut Podcast with Pastor Radden. Service starts now. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Getting ready for this Bible study. Amen. Giving people some time to get on before we get started. Amen. Got a good Bible study tonight talking about one of the baddest prophets out there, one of the baddest men in the Bible. Hallelujah, God. I'm, I love this brother. Amen. In the New Testament. Hallelujah, God. Bless your holy name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, God. Doing the right thing. We'll be talking about it. Saying what you mean, mean what you say. Hallelujah, God. Because this brother here, he didn't care. He said what he had to say. Didn't matter who it was. It cost him his life. But he had to say what he had to say. My God. Boy, if we was all like him. My God, my God, my God. Hallelujah, God. Now, I'll tell you who it is as soon as we get started. As soon as we get started here in a minute or two. <clears throat> amen, amen. I hope everybody had a good day today. Amen. A God-filled day, a Jesus-filled day. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Boom to the point where I just can't wait. I'm just ready to get into it. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. I am Elder Dakota Radden, the Assistant Pastor at Restoration Community Outreach Ministries, under the leadership of the mighty woman of God, Tonetta Robinson, Pastor Tonetta Robinson, amen, and the bishop, the triple B, the big bad bishop, Bishop John Willie Robinson, our overseer, John Willie Robinson Jr. He's our overseer, amen, the pastor of Faith Deliverance Church up in Newberry, amen, hallelujah, God, I thank God for another opportunity to come before you, amen, amen, and as usual, the leadoff is Sister Patterson, the Queen of Orangeburg. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. God bless you, sister. Hallelujah. God bless your holy name. We, we're going to go ahead and go into a word of prayer. I thank God for each and every last one of you tuning in. Amen. We're going to go ahead and go into a word of prayer. And we're going to go ahead with this Bible study. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, for this Bible study on this evening, God. Lord, we come here tonight to give you glory and honor because you're worthy to be praised in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for ordering our steps. Thank you, Father God, for covering us with your blood in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your traveling mercy in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We just thank you, God, for who you are in the mighty name of Jesus. You are King of kings, Lord of lords, and God of all gods in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Bless your holy name, Jesus, a name above every name in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We give you honor and glory. Bless this Bible study, this lesson on tonight. Use me, anoint me in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. You get the glory. I must decrease and you must increase. 
in Jesus' holy name, God. Lord, I love you and I praise you and I give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Bless your holy name, God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk just a little bit about John the Baptist. Amen. I can talk a long time about him. It probably won't be that long. We're just going to go over a few key points because it's just so much meat in there. John the Baptist, my goodness, as you know, he came on the scene. He just burst up on the scene. But the thing about John the Baptist, way back in the book of Isaiah, it was prophesied about him by being a voice in the wilderness. Hallelujah. Got a voice in the wilderness. He was going to make blaze a trail for God. Hallelujah. Because he knew Jesus was coming. Amen. This was prophesied hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. Hallelujah. God. It's to the point where when, when remember when Mary was pregnant and she went to go visit her sister. Amen. Um, I mean, not a sister, her cousin. Amen. Elizabeth, I believe. Amen. And, and soon as Elizabeth opened the door, and Mary greeted her, you know, whatever greeted, whatever she said to her. John the Baptist, Elizabeth was already pregnant with John the Baptist at this point in time. It said that the baby leaped, jumped in the womb when he heard the voice of Mary. My God, so that's something right there. That's what the Bible says. It says the baby leaped, jumped, hallelujah, in the womb just from hearing Jesus's mother's voice. Hallelujah, God. It don't say much about John's childhood and, and all of that type of stuff. You know, when you, you get in with his, his father and all of that, because, oh, it's, it's just such a good story. When, when John was born, how everybody thought his father couldn't speak and you got to read why he couldn't speak because uh, the devil, uh, the angel, they, they, he, he muted him for like nine months throughout the whole pregnancy. So when John was born, everybody figured what was the name of the child going to be? And they started naming all kind of names. And all of a sudden, his dad just said, John, <laughs> like that. And, oh, my gosh. You just got to read it. That's why when you read the Bible, when you get into it, it's so many good stories, man. It keeps you engaged. It keeps you in depth. And then John started his ministry later on when he got grown and see him starting in Matthew in the, in the third chapter said, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was telling people to get it right. He was telling people to get it right. He's the first prophet to start preaching the good news, the good news of the gospel. No other prophet ever preached that. They knew that one was coming, but no other prophet ever preached the good news. And John did. And he was telling people to repent and get right. And then John just was all in. The, he was in the Jordan River and baptizing people. And see, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees came up, those were the religious men of the day back then and whatnot. And you didn't talk to them any kind of way. You showed them respect. But see, there was a lot. They were very hypocritical. And John told them, he said, you are a generation of vipers. He called them snakes and whatnot because he knew how dirty and how hypocritical they was and he didn't care he told them like that Jesus got on them too of course but nobody that I know of other than Jesus and John the Baptist talked to the Pharisees and Sadducees any type of way hallelujah God he got on them and he told them about how they need to repent and stop what they doing he said the axe like the axe that you cut down a tree with he said the axe is laid to the root hallelujah and if you don't produce good fruit you're going to be cut down and thrown in the fire my God Boy, he told him that. Hallelujah, God. He said that axe is laid to the root. My God. Called him a generation of vipers. He didn't care. He did not care. He was straightforward. He was on a mission. Now, John was so important. You think about it. 
when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus went down to the Jordan River and Jesus needed to be baptized. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, the holy one, the sinless one, the one that commit no sin. He needed to be baptized. He went, and who you think baptized him? Out of all the people that was around, who you think baptized Jesus? It was John. He came to John and he said, I need to be baptized. And John said, you know what? I can't even do it. I ain't even worried. But Jesus said, nope, I need you to do this. Hallelujah, God. I need you to do this. And he baptized Jesus. Oh, my God. In the journal, who you think would be worthy enough to baptize Jesus? And he even told him, he said, one is coming. He was telling the people that one is coming. I'm not even worthy enough to loose his bootstrap. You know, how about then they had them sandals and stuff on. He said, I'm not even worthy enough to touch his feet, to take off the boot. He was giving God the glory. And that's why when you hear people preaching, you're, you're seeing it in my prayer. In John the Baptist said, I must decrease and you increase. That's what he was so humble. He knew what he had to do. John the Baptist was a man. He didn't care nothing about his appearance. I mean, he wasn't in here to get no women. He wasn't in here to have babies and uh, make babies to get married. You know why? Because this man wore camel hair, a leather girdle, and all he ate was locust and wild honey. You know what locusts are? Locusts are grasshoppers. All you got to do is read it. It's in here. He said he came eating locusts and wild honey. My God. Yeah, that's what's in here. Where's that? Yeah, and... In Matthew chapter three, verse four, it says that in the same John had his raiment, what he wore, his clothes was camel hair and a leather girdle about his loins and his meat was locusts and wild honey. That's all he was eating. Now you imagine some man coming with nothing but a camel's hair all over him, a leather girdle, and he just got some wild honey and eating locusts. You know, what woman go get with that? Nobody. He wasn't here about all that. He was here on a mission, period. He wasn't thinking about nothing else. His job was to let people know that the savior of the world is coming. And that's what he did. That's what he was focused on. That's what it was prophesied hundreds of years ago, way back in the book of Isaiah, when he said, one, is he's going to be a crying voice in the wilderness, telling people to repent and get ready for the coming of the Lord. Make ye make way for the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah, God. And that's what he was doing. And he didn't care who was in his way. Wasn't nothing going to stop him. And that's why we're going to just keep going about. Because now I want to get to the point about telling the truth and not caring. All he did was go out and baptize people. And getting people saved. Getting people to come to the Lord. And all of that type of stuff. To getting people to repent and give up their ways. And then all of a sudden. There was a wicked king named Herod, Herod the Tetrarch. <clears throat> Herod the Tetrarch messed around and put John in jail. My God, put John in jail. <clears throat> now, even I was under depression. When he put John in jail, John told him, he said, what you doing is wrong. You with your brother's wife. Now, <clears throat> At first, I was thinking, love you, baby. Now, my baby going to work. Amen. Now, my baby going to work. Hallelujah, God. She got it. You know that song from Donna Summer back in the day? She works hard for the money. Now, some of y'all don't know that. Them old heads remember that, though. She works hard for the money. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's Donna Summer way back in the early 80s. Amen. <clears throat> oh, boy. John the Baptist. He was with... He was in jail. 
And Herod told him, <clears throat> now Herod didn't tell him, Herod was messing with his sister-in-law. Now, his brother Philip had already divorced his sister, his sister-in-law. He already divorced his wife and Herod messed around and married her. My goodness. You see what kind of mess that is? Now, how that is if, <laughs> my goodness, me and my wife get a divorce and I go and marry her sister. <laughs> that type of foolishness. I'm like, come on now. And the law clearly states, because he said, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. See, first I was thinking that, that you know, while his brother and Herodias, that's her name, his sister-in-law was still married, he was messing with her, but that's not the case. And I'll pray, I'll let scripture, we'll let scripture say it. In Mark chapter six, hallelujah, verse, uh, verse 17, it says, for Herod himself had sent forth and laid hands upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake. Herodias, that's the woman, that's his sister-in-law. It says, for his brother's Philip's wife, for he had married her. He's talking about Herod had married her. So when you got to do your research, Philip and Herodias got a divorce. Now you go sit up here and marry your sister-in-law. The law still clearly stated, especially Old Testament law, and I don't even think you can do that today. You ain't supposed to, but you know how silly people is. You think in-laws ain't hooking up. That's just crazy. You weren't supposed to marry your sister-in-law. It tells you that in the book of, uh, of Leviticus in chapter 18, it tells you that you are not supposed to uncover your brother's wife's nakedness. And John told him, that you are wrong for that. You ain't got no business being with your brother's wife. That's your sister-in-law, man. You know, but, you know, nevertheless, here it is. John is in jail. Now, Herodias, John, uh, Herod's sister-in-law, she hated John. They say that she had a grudge against him. I think here in King James Version, it says she had a quarrel against him. They said she wanted, she wanted to have him killed, but she couldn't do that. Because one thing about John being locked up, the king respected John. It said that he knew he was a holy man, a just man, and he loved to hear John speak. Ain't that something? You put somebody in jail, but yet you still love to hear them speak when they talk because you know they're spitting out that wisdom and that knowledge. But yet he told you that you was wrong for messing around with your sister-in-law. Let's go ahead and read so we can get a better understanding of it. <clears throat> it says, but Herod thereof, <clears throat> let's see now. We already read verse 17, verse 18. For John had said unto Herod, it is not lawful for thee to have your brother's wife. Therefore, Herod, uh, excuse me, Herodias had a quarrel or a grudge against him and would have him killed, but could not. See, she couldn't mess with him because Herod the king had him protected. You know, you couldn't mess with John. He respected him. See, that's why I say it's still yet so important for you to live that holy lifestyle. People will respect you. They respect you. They might not agree with everything you do, but they respect you because they know you live in holy. They can't bring up an accusation against you because you're doing everything the right way to the best of your ability. You're being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah, God. He couldn't do nothing with him. She couldn't do nothing with him. It says, for Herod, knowing that he was a just man, this is verse 20. This is Mark 6, verse 20. For Herod feared John. It said that knowing that he was a just man and holy, and observed him when he heard him. In other words, he listened to him. He said that he did many things and heard him gladly. That's King James Version. Translations, he loved to hear John speak. He loved to. He respected him. So you know he wasn't going to let nothing happen to John. But oh my goodness. Here's when everything's about to hit the fan, when everything's about to change. 
In verse 21, it says, when a convenient day was come, then Herod on his birthday, he threw a big feast. He invited all the men, the mighty men back then in them day, you know, everybody that was in position of power. All of the, as we say, the, uh, uh, all of the esteemed men, the dignitaries, so to speak. He had all the big wigs there and whatnot. So now you got this big old party and all this going on. Meanwhile, John is locked up, probably heard all the music and all of that type of stuff. They out there dancing and drinking and, and doing all kinds of stuff. Hallelujah, God. He doing all of that type of stuff. But now, so his niece, it says the daughter of Herodias, which means that that's John, uh, Herod's niece, danced for them. It says that she danced for them and it pleased him. Now, the Bible don't kind of say what kind of dancing it was, but historians think that it was a lot of sensual stuff going on. Very sexual. Some say she could have been half naked. I don't know. I don't know, but it said that she danced for him and it pleased him. He was happy with it. Happy so much so that he even asked her. He said, whatever it is that you want, I'll give it to you. Whatever it is that you want. Up to half of my kingdom, I give you everything that you want. He made a vow. In other words, back then, your word meant something. It ain't like the day where people say something and, and, and just blow it off. It don't mean nothing. People going to say one thing and do the other. But back then, when you said something, you stuck to that. When you made a vow, you stuck to that. And he made a vow. He said, whatever you want, you just name it. Now, this is his niece, mind you. So the niece... Went to her mother. That's why I said it on a convenient day. They said on a day like that, a day that day, my goodness, when she went to her mother, Herodias. Remember, Herodias didn't like John. Remember, now this was her chance. It wasn't the niece's fault, but it was her evil, wicked mother. She went to her mother and said, Mom, Uncle asked me, I can have anything I want. What should I ask for? And just like that, her mother said, the head of John the Baptist, and bring it on a platter. I said, oh, my goodness. Now, the next verse, it says that after she told him, after she told her that, she said that she ran straightway. I mean, she literally ran to her uncle. Let's leave what it says. She didn't walk, but she ran to him. And her mother said, she said, I want the head of John the Baptist. She said, and she came straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that you will give me by and by a charger or a platter with the head of John the Baptist. Now, in verse 26, it said the king was exceedingly sorry. He felt bad. Can you imagine? But he said he had to do it because now in front of all of them people, he made a vow. And it's almost as if, though, when you made a vow, I give you anything you want. And then she came back and said, well, I want the head of John the Baptist. It's like everybody looked at him like, OK, what you going to do now? He had to do it. You were thinking the day's time and whatnot. And wait, oh, no, no, I ain't doing that. I give you whatever. No, no, we ain't doing that. That brother ain't did nothing to nobody. You would think that you would think that. But that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. It said the king was exceedingly sorry. It said yet for his oath's sake, he made an oath now, for his oath's sake and their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. Notice he said who sat with them, all the dignitaries. Because you made a vow in front of everybody and everybody heard it. I don't know. I probably got to look up and read on it. I don't know what the penalty was. You just couldn't run around here saying that you were going to do something and didn't do it. 
So he had to do this. And sure enough, he sent somebody. He said, and immediately in verse 27, the king sent an executioner. Ain't that something? That's your job. Just go around killing people all day. My goodness. He sent an executioner, commanded his head to be brought. He brought his head on the charger and gave it to the damsel, to the young lady, and the damsel gave it to her mother. You talking about wicked and evil. There was some wicked, we already know there were some wicked kings, there were some wicked men, but there were some wicked women in the Bible too. I can, there's probably some more, but I can name three right off the rip. This is one, Herodias. You don't want nothing else but to get that man killed, to behead him. That's what did the one. What can I get? And ask me whatever it is I want. And this is what you want. The head of John the Baptist on a platter. You had Jezebel and you also had Delilah. Remember Delilah with Samson. For those of you who know that story, Samson, the strongest man in the world. Man had cornered her and got her and gave her some money. Say, find out what makes this man so strong and whatnot. And she did it. She just kept on. You got to read the story. It's a beautiful story about Delilah. It's, it's a beautiful story. It's good. It's just, it's just sad how it ended. But it's nevertheless, it's a good story. And nevertheless, Samson gave way and told her what his strength was. She asked him three different times. He told her something else two different times. I think on that third time and whatnot, he just finally gets, she cried and said, you said you love me. You won't tell me what makes you strong. Remember, it was all a plot because they gave her 30 pieces of silver. They gave her some money just to find out what makes him strong. You love me. You said you not blah, blah, blah. And Sam said, all right, all right. All right, baby girl. It's my hair. That's what it is. She got him to fall asleep. She got the razors and started cutting his locks off. And then the man got Samson because all his strength was gone because Samson was not supposed to tell nobody what made him strong. Boy, y'all ladies, y'all ladies know y'all something else, boy. <laughs> oh, we love you. Like the saying, boy, we, ah, y'all ladies are something else. Samson, he fell, he fell asleep with his head in her lap and she cut all his hair off. My God. Then the man came and got Samson. He was just as strong as any man at that point. They poked his eyes out. See all of that type of stuff. And she felt bad about it afterwards. See, it's too late now. It's too late now. All of this type of mess. And now it's a beautiful. You got you read how it ends. I'll tell you that. Read how the story ends. Because he got he asked God one more time to give him some strength. I think most of us we know the story, but if you don't know the story, look it up in the book of uh in the book of Judges with Samson. Oh man, it's good. It's beautiful. He asked God to give him strength one more time, and God did for a reason. I don't want to spoil it for you, but just go ahead and read it. Read your word and you'll see. You also had Jezebel. Now, Jezebel getting a bad rap. They call women like fast women, loose women, call them Jezebels and all that. I got some news for you. You know anything about Jezebel in the Bible, it don't say nothing about that woman sleeping around with men. Nothing. She was a wicked, evil woman, though. She killed prophets. She killed people. She was a liar. She was a manipulator. She did all of that because she had a husband, a weak husband, and she ran him. I mean, you, once again, you got to read that, too, and whatnot about Jezebel. But Jezebel was not a whore and all of that. You know, we call loose women whore, call them Jezebels and all that. That wasn't Jezebel. Jezebel was just a wicked, evil woman. She even had one of the baddest prophets to ever walk this earth on the run. She had Elijah running. Elijah was scared. He thought he was going to get killed. She killed prophets. She had Elijah running, man, when he heard that she was out there like that. Hallelujah, God. My God. 
But it was prophesied too. They say the dogs is gonna eat your flesh. And my God, I don't want. <laughs> Let's just say the prophecy came true about that. Amen. Amen. So you talking about Herodias, Jezebel, uh, Delilah? It was some wicked women out here. But to have a man's head cut off, man, to do that. But John, he still yet. He didn't mind saying what he needed to say. He told that man, you was wrong. You're not supposed to be doing that. And I think a lot of stuff is loose and out of control now because we're not saying what we need to say. Some say preachers ain't preaching the gospel like they're supposed to. They don't talk about hell no more. They don't talk about homosexuality. They don't talk about adultery and fornication. They talk about all the nice things and whatnot. Not this preacher. Not this one. Hell is hot. Hallelujah, God. And there is a hell. And the Bible tells me that hell is going to be tossed in the lake of fire. Hallelujah, God. Bless your name. I get on men that are sleeping with women that are not married just as much as I do to homosexuals. I, and you know, <laughs> ain't no discriminating here. No discriminating here. Just because you love women don't mean you got it right. Uh, you know, that God gives you a pass. No holy matrimony. Get married. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, Next, uh, adultery. Your man ain't got no business cheating on their wives. You got a wife. You don't need to be out there. All of that type of stuff. I don't shy away from nothing. Homosexuality, dead wrong and whatnot. God don't like it and I don't like it either. And whatnot. God don't like sin. And we have to get to the point where we don't like sin. In the book of Amos, in chapter 5, verse 15, it says, hate the evil and love the good. We as Christian men and women, we as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to get to the point where we hate sin and love the good. We should love when you hear blessings from other people, when they get blessed with new house, new car, new job, having uh, whatever it is they may get. It's a blessing from Almighty God. We should be happy for them. We should be happy for them, and we should hate sin. Every day when we watch the news, we're hearing about people getting killed and different things. That should just bother your spirit, how somebody could just pick up a gun so easily, or a knife so easily, and just stab and kill people with no remorse. The devil don't care. We always say the devil is busy, and I tell saints of God, well, we need to get busy too. We need to get busy too. Get busy praying. Hallelujah, God. We got to be busy too. The devil is busy. Saints of God be busy too. God is busy. God ain't sleeping because it says we serve a God that don't sleep or slumber. So God is always doing something. We sing the song say God is up to something. Hallelujah. That means he's busy. If our God is busy, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that means you get busy too. Hallelujah, God. Get busy praying. Get busy fasting. Get busy living holy. Get busy staying in your word. Hallelujah, God. Praying for your pastor. Hallelujah. It's always something to pray for. It's always something to do. Pray for the less fortunate. Pray for family members to get it right. Pray for your friends to get it right. Hallelujah. Pray for your co-workers to get it right. Hallelujah. You always got something to do. As a man or woman of God, it's always something to pray for. So let's get busy. Get busy. That's why I love the book of Nehemiah in the fourth chapter when they was building that wall up. Hallelujah, God. When Nehemiah, they said they were working with one hand and had a sword in the other hand while they was working, ready to fight. Hallelujah, God. Ready if anybody tried to distract them. They was ready to roll in the mighty name of it. And that's how we about got to be. Ready to go at a moment's notice. Ready to pray at a moment's notice. Hallelujah, God. You visit a church and whatnot, you never know you might be called upon to pray. You never know you might be called upon to do a Bible study. You never know you might be called upon to preach. You got to be ready. Hallelujah, God. Ready, ready, ready. Just like Nehemiah and, and the soldiers was back then when they were building that wall. A sword in one hand and working with the other hand. And they say they held them swords from morning light to the dawn. Hallelujah. All day long. 
because back then it was a sand ballot and uh and the other man i can't think of his name i know his name but they was coming to always distract him and hallelujah god always trying to distract him and do all kind of crazy stuff amen but that's why the devil is always sending distractions we got to be ready at all points and all times if you stay focused on the word of god you don't have time to be distracted now is not the time to be distracted. There's so much mess going on in this world today. We got to focus. We got to focus. We got to focus. We got to stay on that battlefield. God don't need no weak soldiers. You can't win a war going backwards. You got to go forward. You got to put one foot in front of the other. You got to keep pressing. You got to keep moving. Nobody ever won a war going backwards. Hallelujah. Nobody ever won a fight going backwards. You got to keep punching. You got to keep striking because the enemy, he ain't going to let up. He going to keep pushing. He going to keep punching. And you got to keep punching right back there with him. Hallelujah, God. You got to put that scripture on him. You got to, whatever's your favorite scripture, no weapon formed to me against me shall prosper. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. All things work for the good for them that love the Lord. Whatever your favorite scripture is, hallelujah. Bless your holy name, God. You got to have it in your heart because you're not going to always have your Bible. I done said this several times before. You got to have it. In your heart, you got to have that word in your heart when hard times come. If you're in the hospital, you need you get to prayer for healing because there is nothing too hard for God. God is a healer. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. We got to ask. We got to seek. Hey, Jesus, holy name, God. Bless your name. We got to knock. We got to ask, seek, and knock. We got to do that. We got to stay tugging on Jesus, uh, him and his garment. We got to stay pulling on him. Just like the woman of God, like the woman with the issue of blood, her faith, we got to have that faith that don't fail now. She did everything. All she needed to do was just touch him. She said, that's all I got to do is just touch him and I know I'll be healed. We got to have that type of faith. Hallelujah, God. John the Baptist did. He wasn't scared. He wasn't worried about nothing. Apostle Paul wrote over half the books in the New Testament, anywhere between 12 to 13 books, possibly 14 of the New Testament. And a lot of them, he was in jail when he wrote them. He was in jail and still yet writing letters and whatnot. And we formed it into the Bible today. Pastor Paul got beat in his back. He got whipped. He got stoned. And he still yet, still yet kept pushing. He didn't give up. My God, we got to keep pushing. We got to keep pushing. Hallelujah, God. John the Baptist, he told it like it is and didn't care. All because of an evil woman. He lost his head because it got beheaded. That's just wickedness. I still say the king had no business doing it. And why in the world did his daughter, his niece, come back? She would have looked at her like, what you talking about? Taking somebody's head, mama? No, I ain't going to, no, uh-uh. But sadly, that didn't happen. Didn't happen. So yet, he was in his 30s. He died a young man with his head cut off like Jesus died at 33 years of age. John died in his 30s as well. Because he was just only, I believe, a few months older than, than, uh, than Jesus was. Not that all, not that much at all. Remember when I told you when Mary came to see her cousin, he leaped in the womb and whatnot. We got to tell the truth. We got to preach and teach. It says preach in season and out of season. We got to tell the truth no matter what. People ain't going to like what we got to say. Just like John the Baptist and Herodias, or not uh, John the Baptist and um, Herodias and Herod did not like what John the Baptist had to say. That's why I said she had a grudge against him. Because he told her, you know, she guilty too. She married the man. He told him, you ain't got no business uh, with her. She didn't like that. And she wanted to kill him. And that was her opportunity when her daughter asked, what should I tell him what I want? There's going to be consequences. We got to preach and teach. We got to continue to do so no matter what. Now's not the time to be afraid. Now's not the time to be backing down. You preach what God gives you. 
no matter who is there, you preach it. And you preach it the way God gives you. That's why you got to stay before God. That's why you got to preach. That's why you got to teach. That's why you got to fast. That's why you got to lean on God. Whatever God gives you to say, you say it. And everybody's not going to like what you say. That's why it says in season, out of season, always preaching and teaching whatever God gives you. And never be ashamed of it. Yes, you might lose some friends, so-called friends. Yes, people might not talk to you no more once they heard your message, be it on Facebook or be it they went to your church or whatever the case may be. And so what? You did what you had to do. You did what you had to do. People that are cheating on their wives, people that are laying up homosexuals and all of that, those that are sleeping around, um, men and women sleeping together that's not married, you got to tell it like it is. If they don't like it, then oh well. The blood is off your hands. My God. You ain't got to keep thumping them every day with it. But every day, every chance I get, I'm always dropping some nuggets. Always dropping nuggets. Because all the homosexuals think we just all jumping on them and whatnot. I said, no, I'm, I do that with men and women who sleep together who ain't married and whatnot. So sin is sin. There's no big sin and no little sin. None whatsoever. Hallelujah. When God chose you to accept him as your Lord and, to accept him as your Lord and Savior, he chose you for a reason. Because you can do what other people can't do. People can't do that. Some people can't forgive. They can't do none of that stuff. You're not going to make it into heaven that way. I didn't I talked about this before. Hallelujah, God. That's why John said, repent. My God, you got to get that stuff up off of you. You can't hold no grudge in your heart and think you're going to make it into heaven. That's just the bottom line. You better forgive them. You better forgive these people out here who have made you mad, whether it's today uh, 10 or 15 years ago, you better find it in your heart to forgive him, period. Else you won't make it in. Because once again, he said, how can I forgive you if you can't forgive them? My God. The devil is always tricking people to thinking that, you know what? The devil, God, God knows my heart. No, 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 no. He knows you can forgive. That's what you need to do. How about that? That's what you need to do. That's hard. As we say, it's tight, but it's what is right. You got to do it. It's not easy, but you got to do it. Hallelujah. John the Baptist did not care, and we have to be just like that. Preach and teach. Walk holy. Don't compromise. Don't settle when it comes to this, uh, to your life and living uh, for God. Don't settle. One foot in front of the other. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Keep magnifying. Keep blessing God. All at your job. Hallelujah, God. You know... <clears throat> It's the reason why at our job, at our luncheon every year, whether it be a luncheon, they ask me to bless the food. I would love for somebody else to do it from time to time. I've been doing it for years and won't get mad. I want somebody else to do it. All them brothers that was the years before I got there, they passed it to me. I used to sit there while they bless the food. And when they came to me and said, I need you to bless the food, Mr. Sonny said, no, we got a young man named Dakota Rad. Let him do it. He can do it. He's capable. He's able. But now <laughs> I can't pass the baton. I'm trying to pass it on. But it's a reason why they come because of the lifestyle. I can't do it on my own. It's because of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, God. The Holy Spirit leads and guides me when I'm in the house here in my own home and when I'm outside of the home. I can't be a rattlesnake here and trying to be a dove and an angel out there in the street. It don't work that way. I might fool you, but I ain't fooling God. Hallelujah, God. Bless your holy name. 
Amen. Amen. I hope you got something out of this lesson on tonight. There's so much you can say about John the Baptist. He was an awesome man of God. Hallelujah, God. You just hate for his life to end that way, but it had to be done. It was prophesied. It just had to be. Amen. Amen. But continue to walk holy, continue to live holy, and don't let the devil or anybody push you out of your way, push you out of your path. You stay on that straight and narrow no matter what. Don't let nobody, your spouse, parents, siblings, close friends, it don't matter. If you're on the path, the righteous path, you stay on there. Even if you got to be by yourself right before I close. Because see, Elijah, remember I told you he was running from Jezebel? Elijah thought he was by himself. That's when that angel came and told him, say, you're not by yourself. You got others out there. Always remember, you are not alone. If you need somebody to pray with, I'll pray with you. Hallelujah. If you need some prayer, I'll pray for you. Hallelujah, God. You are not alone. We always say, ain't nobody mad but the devil. Ain't nobody scared but the devil. Ain't nobody scared of the devil. Ain't nobody scared of the devil. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. He can't do nothing to me. For root workers, like I said, you can make a little doll that look like me and stick pins in it and all that. You can do all that. It don't bother me not one bit. That don't bother me. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Them roots ain't gonna work on me. I'm covered. I ain't scared of nothing to nobody, especially when it comes to spiritually. Hallelujah. The devil ain't got nothing on me. Hallelujah, God. Because the word of God says that I'm more than a conqueror. The word of God says that I have the victory. Hallelujah. You read that. When I'm saying I, that means you. You are more than a conqueror. You have the victory. Hallelujah, God. The devil is a liar. When he says no, God says yes. Hallelujah, my God. Amen. Let us pray that we can go ahead and, and uh, try and let you go on and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday evening. I pray that you got something out of it. I love you, but God loves you more. Let us go into prayer. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this lesson on today. In Jesus' name, Father God, we gave you glory. God, we talked about your prophet, your holy man of God, John the Baptist, my Lord, my God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray that we be just like him. We be bold and we and we stand on your holy word and will not get pushed off. We will not be pushed out of position. We will continue to walk forward, put one foot in front of the other. We say what we mean and mean what we say. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, continue to use us for your glory. To God, you get all the glory. And remember, Lord, we will decrease and you will increase in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless your holy name. Amen. 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 Pray for us. Keep us in prayer. Amen. Amen. I thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Amen. Kurt. Amen. We coming for you Sunday. I know you're Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, I said it. Them boys is coming for you. Amen. Thank you, classmate. Lucretia, God bless you. Uh, mighty woman up there. Hallelujah, God. Bruce Robinson, the bishop. Amen. God bless you. Thank you all for tuning in. Amen. Amen. If you want to send anything to our ministry, it's at dollar sign RCOM. That's Restoration Community Outreach Ministries, R-C-O-M. Dollar sign RCOM 1999. Amen. 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 If you don't want to send us a donation, that's just fine. Just keep us in prayer. Keep praying for us as I will pray for you. You need prayer. Hit me up on messenger. Call me. Amen. We can let God. We will give it to God and let God fix it. Amen. Because there is nothing too hard for God. God bless you. I love you. And God loves you more. Amen. Thank you for tuning in.